Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Hey, Brandon here. Welcome back for another episode of the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Hey, we have a guest coming up in a few episodes. Uh, Erica Keswin, she is the author of a new book called Bring Your Human to Work, which is really popular right now. Uh, So I'm excited to have her on the podcast. And uh, in gearing up for that episode, I want to do a book giveaway of her book. And I want to do that for anybody who would give a Apple podcast review or Stitcher review. And um, I'll do a drawing out of that for for three books. So go give us a review, screenshot it, shoot me an email or a LinkedIn message with a screenshot of the review that you'd provided. And I'll put you in a drawing for one of the three books that I'll give away uh, for her book, Bring Your Human to Work. Okay, so on to today's episode. I have a conversation with Avi Karnani. He's the CEO and co-founder of a company called Alice. And he is in the tech space, um, and they're really transforming the way employees would interact with uh, benefits and and things of that nature. And so we really have a whole conversation about how technology is really forcing employers to think about how employees are interacting with them uh, as it relates to communication, uh, payroll benefits, and anything like that that's really people-oriented. Technology has really given us the ability to reduce administrative tasks or the burden that it places on us. And it's just really fascinating. So he he's a wealth of knowledge in this space. And I am a geek. I'm not afraid to admit that. So we have a really fun conversation. And I, I honestly could have kept going for an hour or more or so. But in, in the sake of just keeping this to more of a, a commuting type of podcast where it's like 25, 30 minutes, I definitely had to cut it short. But I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. I know I did. And let me know what you think about the podcast. Give us a review or shoot me a note. Um, and connect with me on LinkedIn and Instagram and all those places. So enjoy the episode. Hey, Avi, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you're in you're in the tech space and I want to pick your brain on where things are going as it relates to people practices uh, for the small, medium size or even medium and large business. I think there's... The technology is invading every aspect of, of people's lives right now. And I think expectations for really good technology is uh, it's just ever-present in our lives right now. And I think as employers, now they're having to really make a shift. Applications, communication tools, it's in even 5 to 10 years ago, we didn't have really any of this stuff as it relates to today. And I wanted to know from your perspective... What is the trend right now as it relates to technology and what employers need to be providing their employees from either communication standpoint or even on 
uh, some of the the people practice stuff, paychecks and uh, performance management and things like that. What's your what's your perspective on that? You know, the thing that sticks out to me is the, the short answer is employees are they expect the way they interact with their employer and the tools that they have from their employer and in an HR context look and feel a lot like what they what they do on their phones as consumers. Mm. So I think there's there's this sort of closing of the space between like how I don't know like Instagram or an app on your phone functions and what you expect your staffing app or your your company communications app or uh, your HR benefits to sort of look and feel like the idea that like th- there's a great consumer experience in one part of your life and in the other you've got like forms and paper and, and maybe more yes. paper stuff. Um, yes, exactly. I think is going away. And, and you know, there's a there's a stat I heard the other day that kind of blew my mind. Uh, it was this is the sort of first time in American history that there's sort of five generations in the workplace. So you've got uh, post boomers, baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, uh, and millennials. And um, and really quickly, it's going to go back to sort of two or three again, because the post boomers and the boomers are going to retire. Gen X is going to be the sort of aging guard. And, and you have post millennials coming in. And these are people who grew up in like a digitally native way. Yeah. Uh, right. To use that buzzword. I still remember <laughs> like playing baseball outside of my house uh, when I was seven years old. And like maybe the best thing we had going for us was like Atari or Nintendo. I think it was Nintendo back then. And like you just sort of, it, the world was different. And you've got people today who are entering the workforce and they've always had a device. And they've always had text messaging and they've always had uh, these interactions that they're used to as consumers. And so it almost doesn't make sense why there wouldn't be that at your workplace. And and if you don't have that, then maybe you, you should be wondering if you should work there, right? Like yeah. a sense of, um, I love this, uh, I love this idea of ambient belonging where, you know, people get a sense, people have a pretty good sense if they do or don't belong somewhere um, from the like environmental cues and interaction cues of being there. So, you know, if you're like a digital native post-millennial and you're working somewhere where they have like lots of forms, yeah, that just Nobody probably would. feels wrong. Who would want to work there? <laughs> this sounds archaic and, and not progressive whatsoever. And I resonate with everything you said there because I think about, okay, my buying behavior. And this is true about most people, right? They're, they're comfortable with Amazon. The one-click purchase anything you want that you could imagine. And I think the expectations of like, you can get basically anything on demand and just the user experience is so flawless that we almost expect that now in every part of our lives. And employers quite like really aren't quite there yet. There's a lot of amazing tools that are making its way into the HR space. But I don't think I don't think we're always experiencing that because you just said that there's forms and, and people just cringe at that, right? And I think there's there's two ways to sort of interpret that that reaction, which which I 100% agree is is what what people are thinking about as employees in the workspace. I, I think one reaction is to say, hey, you know what, that's really entitled. Just fill out the form, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, like, what's wrong with you? And and I think the other way to look at that is people are people want to know that where they're going to work values kind of who they are and the contribution they're making, and it's sort of the little things. Like if a company can't be bothered to have 
a decent way to communicate with you or an easy way to sign up for you know payroll and benefits or you know like clock in clock out of work then maybe they don't care as much about what you're contributing and maybe that means they don't care as much about who they are in the marketplace and who their customers are and what kind of experience they're yeah you know they're out in the market making and i think that sends a really strong signal and you almost want employees who who look to those cues because those are going to be your contributors. Well, it's interesting. I'm on the marketing side of the world and and care deeply about the client experience, but the employee experience should really be thought of no differently, right? I mean, especially in the the labor market that we're in where it's just finding talent is hard and the you know unemployment rates really tight right now, so finding people is a challenge. Well, wouldn't you want every aspect of the the people side to be completely a great experience? Yeah, like let's keep the people we have. Yes. Are people comfortable using a lot of the technology that we have nowadays? So like there's, let's say an employer made an application or they're rolling out some new communication uh, tool or even texting. Like, are Do you think the trends are saying that people are really comfortable using things like that? You know what we see? I actually think it's, people are almost more comfortable doing this in the workplace than they are elsewhere. Like think about a time you downloaded an app or use something as a consumer and then you, you had an opportunity to tell your friends about it. Maybe you're like seeing some people at a happy hour or you go to a birthday party or something like that. It's kind of sporadic. You can't really predict when it happens. I mean, it's great word of mouth for those, those businesses and products when you do talk about them. But like it just sort of happens organically. Whereas in the workplace, everybody who's around you, you know, eight hours or more per day or how many ever hours you know you, you work at that place, that's what they're doing. And whether you see them in the break room or at the water cooler or uh, you know at shift changes, like that's when people are, are are together and they're interacting and they're talking about the experiences of being in that workplace. It's almost like if it's almost like if you were forced to see all of your friends like on a regular basis and talk about what it's like kind of interacting with other consumer products. So it just happens much more, much more concentrated, much more frequently, frequently in the workplace. And so what you get is like a propagation that starts with somebody who's willing to take some risks, maybe somebody who is younger or somebody who is more tech savvy or, or lazier yeah. or, uh, or what have you. And then like pretty quickly, the rest of the workforce is hearing about their experience. And that's reinforcing where you're kind of like, oh, well, I should obviously do that too. This person who I see every day, they're getting on just fine. You know, doing that and they seem to like it. That's an interesting point because I I was thinking, oh gosh, if you implement too much technology, like there's so many different generations in the workforce now, as you, as you had mentioned, and you obviously want to. I think you want to meet people where they're at to some extent, right? So if you just rolled out said everybody has to use this, I bet you half the people would be really happy about that, and the other half would be really irritated because they don't maybe aren't as comfortable adapting to the change of technology. But the the way you described it was maybe you get some people rallied around it. They start talking about the experience, and then everybody else feels comfortable. Is that how you would you would probably introduce new technology into to the people side of the work workforce? Yeah, because you, you mix up a lot of different types of people in the workplace who may not normally be talking to each other about their daily consumer experiences. Different generations, right? Like different different interests, different, you know, front of the house, back of the house. Um, these types of folks are, you know, doing their own thing in their, in their individual consumer lives at work. They're all together and they get to hear about each other's experiences and they're, they're taking, they're taking lessons. 
nobody nobody doesn't want to do the thing that that other colleague of theirs said was really valuable. <laughs> so true. Especially yeah. if they said it was it was safe, right? Like they did it. You know, <laughs> you, you trust that they wouldn't do anything too crazy. Uh, it's working for them. It should be working for me. Yeah, there's such such a social aspect with technology. It's like, okay, I saw somebody else went first. I'm going to jump on now. They said it's a good experience. <laughs> and work is so transactional, right? Like you don't go to your job because you're hanging out. And so maybe you do or don't care about the like brand your friend is bringing up that they're, that they're a big fan of right now. Like you're actually at work to derive some really specific value. And so if somebody's like, hey, I'm getting even more value out of work doing this, doing a thing or, or using this tool then that just helps you get more out of what you're there for. So I actually think like work is an amazing place to propagate new technologies and, and have that kind of be more universally used in a faster pace. You said transactional and that is such a good point. I think like, okay, let's say I'm, you know, I'm an employee and I'm like, what's my PTO balance right now? Well, like to go like talk to an HR person or to, to go look that up somewhere in an archaic way, like doesn't make a lot of sense. It's a really transactional thing. But like nowadays, I would think, and maybe I don't know if this exists or not, but like you would, you could text somebody or maybe there's a bot that you can interact with that says, what's my PTO balance right now? Like how much time? Like could, could I take off next Friday? Like shouldn't that be a, it's a transactional process, but shouldn't that just automatically take place somehow in technology? It, maybe that's I happening. Feel like it. Because when I think about when I want to use PTO, it's usually like two in the morning and I'm in my pajamas and I'm not like right outside of HR. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm wishing I was sort of, you know, like on a beach somewhere. So I like what you said before, right? You want to meet people where they are. What are the areas that are the easiest to, to streamline from a tech standpoint into a lot of the people side of the business? Well, the first basic information, just like you're saying, right? Like what, what's, yeah. what are my vacation days? What's a company policy around this? How much can I reimburse for this or that? Uh, that's the kind of thing where you can just sort of free people from, from having to interact uh, with that information. Because your HR team, they, they super care about uh, the business and they, and they get the sort of wonderful privilege of, of sort of caring about it in terms of the people and not necessarily just the products or just the dollars. And so it, it almost sort of sucks to have to be like a gopher for information that like machines should just move around, right? Like you're, you didn't get into HR because you wanted to like look up people's PTO balances. Exactly. You yeah. went into HR because you thought like the way companies and experiences can be great is because they brought together the right people. And by helping those people fulfill what they're looking for out of work, you can create like a great business and a great experience and a fulfilling life. I don't think any part of that was like, well, how do I look up what the HSA limit is or how many you know, days off I've got? I think that's such a good point. Yeah, I think that technology should basically take away the administrative or low value tasks that HR or senior leaders have to deal with on a regular basis or managers. Like they shouldn't have to do this. And, and with the right type of technology, it frees them up to really focus on being a true business partner, somebody who's thinking strategically, right? That's the way I think about it. I don't know how if you think about it that way, but... It seems like it's just like economics 101, right? Yeah, I feel, and I feel like my my friends who are HR professionals, like that's that's what they enjoy about their jobs, and I think that's where they make the biggest contribution. And when you think about contribution, also you, you want you want people to use the stuff you put in front of them, and sometimes just the forms and the acronyms and the questions—it's so complex that 
employees are, who are busy people, you know, living their lives, uh, sometimes just don't don't access, no use. And maybe technology makes it easier for them to go, oh, well, actually, I like, can use that, and that can be helpful for me in some way. I should I should take some time off and not burn out and recharge, or I should you know do this thing for me and my family that's going to save me some money. Uh, and you want that because you, as a HR professional or or, or business owner, like worked hard to find and pay for, you know, those tools. So the the big question is, is a lot of this technology available to just a regular, small, medium-sized business? You know, a lot of the enterprise companies, they could develop their own technology. I mean, there's a lot of enterprise-level software out there that they, they can adopt. But is this is this, a, this type of stuff available to even the smallest of companies? You know, the, the great thing is the stuff is available and it's available because it's tech. You know, often the tech doesn't doesn't super care if you're a big company or a small company. But the challenge, I think, for a small company is is having the awareness of what these things are and, and where they are and getting the time to turn them on and tell people about it. Uh, that's always a challenge because you're busy running your business and sometimes you you know put on your HR hat and then you're like, what can I do today? And I don't even know how you get started. That's a real that's a real tough one. There's some platforms that are trying to do do many of those things, especially in in spaces like um, you know multi-unit food service and coffee, like like Square for example. They seem to be really good at like integrating different types of technology that's working uh, into one one big platform, so people can access it without having to go like become experts and, and sort of shop for and then connect different things. But that's still a challenge. Is do you ever recommend that like a a company would like develop their own application or, you know, for all this, or is it better off like you're buying from somebody or you're subscribing to a different type of application and it's like a fully integrated system that does, you know, your payroll and, and timekeeping and all this other stuff. Or, you know, even if you're just looking up information, like what, what's the best route to go? I definitely wouldn't build uh, my own software if, if I'm not a software business. I mean, it's a little bit like building a business to, run just one part of your own business. That's almost crazy. And making good experience in software is just like making good experience in any other business. It's all consuming. It takes a whole team, a lot of time, a lot of money. And um, I think it would just be unbearable. Like don't build software unless you absolutely have to. And there's a lot of there's a lot of software options out there, especially in this HR space now. What should really good software do like what components are like non-negotiables at this point i mean you obviously want a foundation for a really good user experience on the hr side the payroll side benefits probably uh what what's your experience and, and maybe that's a good segue to talk a little bit about what alice does you're the ceo and and co-founder of of that organization i'd love to know more about what you're doing and what you're just seeing across the industry from that perspective so you know what this reminds me of uh, a story of a time I went to look for an apartment with, uh, with, with an ex-girlfriend of mine. And it was the first time I was moving in with someone. We went looking for apartments on a, on a, on a, like a hot New York day. And we get to this one that was like a great price in a great neighborhood. We walk in, open the door, and she goes, uh-oh. I'm like, well, wait, wait, we haven't even seen it yet. We're just at the front door of the building. And she goes, I don't know. Look at the way they keep the stairs. Those are just some dusty stairs. And there's like leaves kind of in here that blew in. And like, what's going on here with these stairs? I'm like, I don't know. Let's just go see the unit. Ended up living there over her objections. And it was a terrible idea. 
it like didn't have the heat on some of the times and it like leaked. And so when I think about buying software, I think about those stairs. <laughs> if the if the sales process, like where somebody reaches out to you and try to, tries to get you to use their their product isn't really clear, if the onboarding process isn't really fast, and when you like flip through it, if there's just parts you you feel like you maybe need to go back through again or you need like a manual to figure it out, I think that's telling you something about how those people think about their business. And that's probably gonna happen again in their tool, and you don't want to be like in the middle of January without an fascinating. Idea. Yeah, I like that. And so what what kind of work are you doing at at Alice right now? Like what areas of the payroll and HR side are you is your software doing? What Alice does is that we make pre-tax spending automatic. Hmm. What that means is as an employee, you connect your credit, debit, prepaid card or cards and when you spend money on a pre-tax eligible thing and there's 10 categories of of expenses that are kind of everyday expenses that most Americans are spending a lot more money on than they want to be. When you spend in one of those areas, whether it's commuting or childcare or day mm-hmm. camp or eyeglasses, dentists, co-pays, all of those things, Alice discovers those transactions and we do what we need to do to make that amount of money that you spent tax-free on your paychecks. So under the hood, we are CRAs, FSAs, HSAs, HRAs, COBRA, all these like acronyms that are normally kind of a headache that yeah. you have a lot to of think com- about. A lot of a compliance. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so much compliance. But software is really good at managing those types of workflows, keeping them compliant, recording the right things. Um, but it's also good at making all of that easier. So our brand promise uh, is no forms, no math, no acronyms. Mm-hmm. So instead of like putting forms in front of you, instead of an open enrollment meeting with donuts in a conference room, you're going to get, uh, you get messages, you get texts or, uh, you, you message us in Slack or in Facebook Messenger or email, however you like. And we collect the information that's necessary without like using complicated benefit terminology. We don't throw acronyms at you. We almost don't even say the B word because benefit sort of turns <laughs> off most people, right? They're like, Oh God, I don't want, oh, I got some benefit stuff. That's like a thick folder that somebody handed me. And I guess I got to, do something about that. And that's that's not what we want that experience to be like. It shouldn't feel like a pain. It should feel like, hey, here's this here's this stuff you spend money on. You take your kid to daycare. It's super expensive. You ride the train like the cost keeps going up. Um, you need to do all those things so you can get to work. And this product's going to make that easier for you. And it's going to raise your paycheck because we were able to optimize what you're already doing uh, with this free money that was always available to you. But before you had to do the work to connect the dots and your employer had to do it too. Software is good at automating those things and we build that software. What does the employee feel on the communication side? Like how are they interacting with your software? Joy. So (laughs) we send out this great message every payday that that says, Hey, Brandon Co. just raised your paycheck by $51 because you bought, uh, you know, a train pass for uh, 125 or whatever. Um, keep on rocking on. And employees get so animated and excited, whether they're saving 50 bucks <laughs> or five bucks, yeah. people send us emoji. They get real like, there's a lot of attitude and, and joy that just sort of comes back where they're like, it was, it's called Alice. So people just sort of assume um, everybody here is named Alice. And they're like, Alice, you go girl, like keep bringing me that That's money. Hilarious. Or they'll send us like gifts from Giphy. 
Oh, so um, these are text messages. They're like Alice, the, the tool is sending text messages. Is that what I, how well, I understand it? It's sending text messages, but it's actually just sending messages. And whether those messages are delivered to you by text because oh, you're a texter okay. yeah. or they hit your email because you're an email person or you're in Slack or you're in Facebook, like we want to be, like you said, where you are. That's amazing. That's really cool. And so people could probably change their, their delivery preferences or does it hit all those at the same time? If they're using oh, no, they get they they get to specify. That's cool. And you know, we wanna we wanna do what's easy for them. And so basically you go out and spend money on these ten everyday expense categories and you want your paycheck go up. Uh, if you ride the subway in New York City, you're gonna get like a fifty cent an hour raise uh, for free. You didn't have to ask your employer for more money and uh, you don't have to work any more hours. And if you drop your kid off at daycare on the way to work and also go to the dentist because you've got, you know, eyes and teeth, you're getting like hundreds and thousands of dollars back just added into your paycheck every pay period all year long every year forever with your your software because i've never heard of anything quite like this is alice like is that a persona that you've developed that that's who the end user is always communicating with or is it you know somebody on your team and they'll actually specify their name and they're you know they're interacting through the alice software like which which is it and what do what do people feel yeah, this is a thing you got to think about a bunch when you design a way for people to communicate with a with a tool. So, for the most part, so we 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 chose Alice because it's a an easy to understand name. You can say it in English, you can say it in Spanish, and it feels friendly. So that's that just makes it accessible. When we tell you that you save some money, uh, we actually do it from your employer. So we're saying like, hey, Brandon Co. just raised your paycheck by it. XYZ amount of dollars. Um, because we want you to realize that it's Brandon Co. and an HR person who put the stuff together for mm-hmm, you. Yeah. Right. And like you didn't get the 50 bucks because of us. I mean, we facilitated it and that's great, but it's because somebody at your employer, you know, cared about you, your experience, wants you to take home more of the money that you that they pay you, want to meet more of your needs. And so I want that love to come back to the employer. Right? Like I want, I want you as an employee, when you think about switching jobs and going across the street to go, you know what, the grass actually isn't greener Yeah. because this company is actually trying to meet the needs of me and my family. And incidentally, the way pre-tax spending works is not only do you save money as an employee, whenever you spend in one of these categories, like you buy eyeglasses, your employer also saves money on payroll taxes. So, so it's a win-win. Yeah. Love that. So I, I want to end this conversation by asking you something I, I like when I talk with people in the tech space. Well, what's the future of technology with the way we're using it as employees? What do you expect? What are you sort of planning for in your business? Is there an AI component that's, or maybe you, you already have that? Like, how much of that should we be looking forward to? What can we expect? Um, I remember reading uh, a book where. It's a sci-fi book and, and this character is traveling through space and he like lands on a planet and he gets out of this amazing gleaming spaceship and everybody on the planet's like, wait, who are you? How do you, how do you have this ship? Like, is there anyone else on it? Just traveled like from planet <laughs> to planet and like, who are you? And, and he's like, oh, I, you know, like used to do this thing back on earth and like I worked in the government and so I didn't have to pay for anything. And so my salary was just managed by computers back on earth since I was fairly young and i've been traveling around at the speed of light for forever and because of that it's been 300 years back home and so i'm a quadrillionaire 
And this is like a random detail in this book that like no one probably paid you know a second mind to, but that blew my mind. And I thought that's exactly how this is going to be. Like in my lifetime, I'm going to see um, computers taking over running your money mm. instead of you learning about the difference between an FSA and an HSA Crazy. and trying to optimize this stuff. Like machines are good at that, and we want to build those computers. Right. Like, and that's what like makes finance, finance is like a core, you know, human technology, like farming. Um, it just needs to be widely available and really smart and not just only for a certain segment of the population. And so that's kind of, those are the two themes we care a lot about. We're like, everyone needs this technology. If you put it in software, you democratize it. If you make it so that people don't have to like learn complicated things, then everybody can use it. And then you can't sort of say to someone, oh, well, you know, you maybe could have more money, but it's your fault for not being financially aware. Yeah. Right? I think that's like a great gaslighting fraud perpetrated on the, the American population. You shouldn't have to understand the difference between an HSA and an FSA and all of its attendant rules. And any more than like you or I think about the alternator in the Uber that like maybe drove you somewhere this week. You just get in your car, it gets you there. Avi, I got to be honest, that gave me chills a little bit with how you described how technology should be. I mean, like that, that is such a good point. I think it makes us, if we ever get to that point, technology with the right kind and this, you know, if it's, especially if it's smart, it makes us all richer by not having to worry about stuff that we should all have access to, you know, like yeah. FSA, HSA, <laughs> like I don't want to have to deal with that. Like my mind should be on more productive things, not on trying to determine which, what the best course of action is. 10 years from now or sooner than that, I hope, um, we're going to have a conversation that's going to go like, you remember back when people used to miss out on stuff because they didn't fill out the right form? Yeah. And then hopefully the youngest person around the table is going to be like, what's a form? Yep. Yep. I, I, that's a good way to put it. I love that. Well, Avi, this has been a lot of fun. I love this discussion. I could honestly geek out with you for probably a couple, couple more hours. Where, like, where can people learn more about you, about Alice, or anything that you want to point people to? I think you probably have a lot of good stuff out there that people can consume. Uh, point people to it if you don't mind. Yeah, um, we're at www.thisisalice.com, or if you Google Alice pre-tax spending, uh, you'll find us. We've got a great team here of people who think about taking the boring stuff, but the important stuff, sticking it in the background so it just works, so you can live your life. Avi Karnani, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc., For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.